warning. The following podcast will contain spoilers for not only the game being discussed this week, but any games in the series, other games made by the same creative team, movies and TV shows that might be related or based on the same material or based on the game itself, movies and TV shows that might just be kind of related. Pretty much anything we bring up on this show, you can count on it being spoiled and this is your last warning. Alright, thanks for listening. Alright, back again. Pac-Man's Search for Meaning. Metal Gear Solid 1 Part 2. And honestly, if you're listening to this and you didn't listen to Part 1, I don't know what's wrong with you. Do yourself a favor. Go back. Yeah, come on. Um, But if for some reason you did that. I'm Pan, I play video games. Who are you? I'm Hannah, I don't play a whole lot of video games, but I do respect them a lot. Yeah. And so we talked a lot about Hideo Kojima's great video game, Metal Gear Solid 1. You should listen to all of that. I'm going to say it one more time, but we've got quite a bit more material to talk about. So Hannah, you had something you wanted to lead in with. I'm going to talk about Liquid Snake, who is our primary antagonist in this game. He is the leader of the Foxhound super fun special ops team. They're yeah, also all genetically <laughs> they're all they're uh genetically modified. They all have very good names. We're going to talk more about the names later. But he is the clone of Big Boss and the twin of Solid Snake, who's also a clone, obvi of Big Boss. Yeah, yeah. It's that and they're simple. very different. Very different beautiful boys and they don't get along which is a real dang shame uh, yeah if only they could see eye to eye if only they could see eye to eye then maybe they could get along maybe they could build oh, bridges and know that they're not so different after all yeah so why is liquid snake the way he is do you want me to try to answer that or we, <laughs> sure. did you have a thought i mean part of it so and this doesn't make much sense but it's my understanding. The the program called Les Enfants Terribles, mm-hmm. I think is how you say it in the yep. French. Wee, wee, wee. So they made clones of Big Boss in, like, in groups. And I guess Solid Snake, the way that it had to work for some reason, is they got all the best genes and gave them to Solid Snake. And then that's the leftover genes went to Liquid. Or or that's what Liquid thinks. Yeah. That's what he's told. But it's actually right. the other way. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Twist. Completely confusing. Yeah. Another <laughs> great name, Revolver Ocelot, um, is our vehicle for learning a lot of interesting information. Yes. I think Liquid Ocelot is my favorite character. Okay. And, and that Revolver Ocelot, same character, just changes his name. But well, and so that's I only just got a grip on this like last night. <laughs> it's so silly. Just that his name is Liquid Ocelot or his. No, no, the fact that he takes Liquid Snake's arm, attaches it to his body and then takes on the like affectations and like like mannerisms of Liquid Snake. But as if like the arm has his like spirit in it or like mannerisms and like takes him over so he transforms into liquid ocelot but no later you find out that was all a lie and it was because of self-hypnosis and like drugs and stuff that he would like trick his body and mind on purpose into being like liquid snake which is wild (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's pretty uh (laughs) (laughs) later down the road like in the games but what twists and turns baby yeah when does this come up that's in metal gear solid 4 that that's really revealed i think yeah there's yeah there's the one game where it's i guess three where i'm and come at me with your comments i love it i need them i thrive on correction that he, the liquid snake, as just like based on the arm, 
And then the next game, they're like, maybe that's a little crazy. Let's make a crazy story to explain that. Perfect. Perfect. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to just get jumping in on the correction thing right now. Three is in the past. Three is oh, in the okay. 1960s. There we, there we go. And four, I think, takes place in 2018. So is it then the second one that we get the the liquid ocelot thing? Yeah, that's the and introduction of liquid ocelot. Perfect. All right. Then we get to liquid ocelot making no sense with his arm. And then four making almost no sense, but a little bit of sense. Yeah. I mean, more sense, really, but still completely absurd. Bananas. Yeah. There's a lot of other good names in this, though. And I just, it's, you know, I really want to get into the mind of Kojima and understand. Like, it's more, he's just gotten weirder with it. Like, you look lately at fucking Death Stranding. It's like, we've got Dead Man. We've got Die Hard Man. We've got Fragile. <laughs> Which makes sense. I mean, he's a mailman. Things are fragile. You know, yeah. you got to call them yeah. how you see them. And I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, Sam Porter Bridges, the guy who oh. is a porter and builds Goes, bridges. See, I the fact that it seems to me, as someone who has just dipped a toe into the naming conventions, conventions of Hideo Kojima, uh, is the idea that the names really just say, like, give you a sense of what this person's whole deal is. And, you, and it's sort of just like, here you go. This is Psycho Mantis. They kind of look creepy like a bug, and they're psychic. That's all you got to know. Don't even worry about it. That's that's it. Yeah. Uh, revolver Ocelot loves loves his revolver. Is uh got reflexes like a cat, I guess. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's you could say that. Solid versus like snake, sneaky, stealthy. Don't know what they're doing. Dangerous. But they're deadly. Yeah. Solid, like, is is a solid. Solid Snake is a solid dude. He's like, uh, he's got, I don't know, courage and convictions. Is that the idea? Uh, sure, I guess. Is he hardened by the world? We could enter into a theory that has been proposed by um, my brother, my brother, and me. And not to get too blue here on what is supposed to be our PG-13 <laughs> rated podcast. But, yeah, um, we did say that up front. Yeah. How to put this. Um, is Solid Snake a sort of a weird euphemism for an erection? <laughs> oh. And then Liquid Snake is also a weird allusion to... That one's more difficult. <laughs> the aftermath of an erection? Well, I don't want to talk about that, but you could be on something. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm really sorry. I mean, I brought it up. Yeah, but I've made it worse. Oh, jeez. And of course, Big Boss, I think his original code name was Naked Snake. Yeah, which, come on. That's, come on. Yeah. Come on. What? That's not even, what's cool about that? I don't know. They just had to do something. I mean, there is Venom Snake. That's cooler. Is is Venom Snake Big Boss, or is he his double? There's like a whole thing in Metal Gear Solid Five where there's you. You might just be a guy who's had your face made to look like Big Boss. I can't. And by my, I'm like talking. You know. Everyone's getting mad at me for the inaccurate information that I'm <laughs> delivering right now. But So there's also the third clone, Solidus Snake. Right. Which just, the first time I heard it, I thought they said Solidist, like the most solid. And I was like, you can't, you can't do that. That's not. No. That's not it. <laughs> but it's Solidus, even more solid than before. Good yeah. job. Great stuff. Right. Right on. I don't know. But the two of them, solid and liquid, are not raised together as sweet bros. They get no. very different upbringings. So same genes, 
to a certain extent. One has better genes, I guess, and thinks that they have worse genes and is jealous. And the other one has worse genes but doesn't know it. And somehow becomes the legendary soldier. Yeah. Turns out they can both be pretty good and maybe should just believe in themselves and not worry about their genes. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you know what? Not to, like, again, you know, there's always, it's, <sighs> there's just so much going on here. But I think Kojima said, like, there's, like, maybe one word for all the games that, like, you could point to as, like, a one of his big thematic focuses, with one being genes. And, like, I guess just thinking about, like, if the idea is that one of them has all the bad genes, this is in scare quotes, and one of them has all the good ones, but they're still both, like, badass. Really good at fighting. Know. Yeah. Is the, is the thought that, like... You know, your genes, is it's like a nature versus nurture thing. Yeah. But it's not like Liquid Snake has, like, a disorder of any kind. He just might not be able to punch as hard. Is that the idea? Like, he I mean, punches. I guess. I don't... I don't... <laughs> they both punch quite hard. They punch real and hard. And seem, like, awfully, um, you know, mentally um, very sharp. And he should... And- and I said that the opposite of how it is. Like, Liquid Snake should be punching harder since he has the better genes, allegedly. But when they right. fight, when they are punching, Solid Snake punches harder, despite yeah. the worst genes. Because he believes in himself, Be- I guess. He, he, his belief in himself is making his punches hard. Yeah. So I guess maybe it's an argument for nurture. Like, believe in your genes and they will yeah they won't ever let you down or don't tell anyone about their genes and they'll be confident about their genes yeah i mean that's i guess that's something and and their genes are stolen like non-consensually taken uh from big boss like big boss didn't didn't make these clones he wasn't like man i gotta get more of me out here right they made them without his permission so like taking someone's whole self and just making a clone. I wouldn't want there to be clones of me out there without my permission or with my permission. But I don't know. No matter how how cool you might cuz Big Boss seems to like I mean he's the legendary Big Boss. Yeah. There's going to be a certain level of confidence that like my genes are pretty good. And he wasn't like, "Man, there's got to be more of me." Other people were doing that. Creepy. Gross. No, thank you. Uh, Don't do that to people. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't do that. Nah. Sorry, I was partially looking up just the whole like convoluted thing of Metal Gear Solid Five spoilers. It, you play just as a guy who does have facial reconstruction to look like Big Boss as a decoy, and then you're hypnotized into thinking you're him. And then you do go on to develop a whole sort of, like, paramilitary group and, like... I mean, if you're given the shot, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Apparently, for that guy. Sure. Anyways, that's Venom Snake. Oh, there you go. <sighs> yeah, this is all normal. What else are we... <laughs> so, we're still on the topic of names, um, oh, kind of. 100%. And, you know, there's, like... Who do we got? We've got Psychomantis. Psychomantis like we said, is a psychic, is kind of, like, long and stretchy, like a mantis. So we're like, okay. Mm. There's, uh, is it decoy octopus? octopus. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Well, I guess just dies. Does like, decoy octopus... Yeah. Right? Because decoy octopus was posing as one of the as, people that you were trying dir- to DARPA save. guy. Yeah. The first yeah. guy you see, the first hostage, you talk to him, he dies. And then later you find his body, but he's like, he's pretty decomposed. And you're like, this doesn't make sense with the timeline, but um, it makes sense because Decoy Octopus is part of the foxhound and the the fox die kills the foxhound people. So it killed one of the, it killed them because they were designed to kill the foxhound people. Yeah. So... Because it wasn't designed to kill the 
well, what's his name? It's not DARPA guy. It's Definitely Donald DARPA Anderson. <laughs> it's DARPA guy slash Chief Donald Anderson. So that's that's who does not get killed by a solid snake via a heart attack. It's decoy octopus, which yeah is a thing octopuses do. They can change their colors and shape. That's so you're true. Like, there you go. It makes sense because he can make his appearance change like an octopus. Wow. Mm. Cool that you did that. That's fucking cool. But they're very like straightforward and describe like they're not good secret. I mean, they are secret, but they say exactly what you do. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, sniper wolf. Yeah. You're I and think she I kind of like, get get it. Yeah. She has like wolf like appearance even and she's you know stealthy like a like a cool wolf she'll kill you yeah yeah and i don't know if you picked up on this but her primary weapon is a sniper rifle which like yeah just like it's like the first name it's the first name and then the then the thing she does so yeah wow yeah i don't know if so like my only two like times that i've um either i guess been made to think about this very much I'm sure there are much better examples, I guess is what I'm saying. But um, and I don't know which is better or worse. Let's start with the actual like modern popular culture thing of um, Stranger Things. I hadn't thought about it before, but, you know, like their names are they're like deliberately named characters. You know, you've got Will, which comes from the name Wilhelm, which is like, I guess, like a devoted protector, effectively. Okay. You've got eleven, but it is deliberately shortened to L, which is like the Hebrew word for God, right? Or Hebrew, mm-hmm. I think. I'll take your word for it. I don't remember any of the other characters. Let's see who else is there. I don't remember what Lucas or Dustin or anything means. Whatever, you get the point from those two. And it was the same thing that came up um when in like seventh grade we read something wicked this way comes. And again, like all the characters, there's actually another Will in there who is like Wilhelm does mm. does protecting and stuff. All of that to say, like you can you know you can thematically name your characters, but like <laughs> maybe put like one level of detachment from it. A little more subtlety. Rather, yeah. Per chance. Instead of <laughs> instead of just being like, all right. My character is, uh, she's strong and psychic, and she can do stuff with her mind. We're going to call her <laughs> yeah. Psychic Girl. I mean, it's almost like, it's more, as much as they're not superheroes, they have more, like, superhero names, like comic book character names. Yeah. Like, Spider-Man is a man who is got the powers of a spider. Mm, yeah, and you like. True. And That's Batman why they call them that, actually. likes bat stuff. It mm, kind of looks yeah. like a bat. Superman is a <laughs> pretty super. Yeah. Uh, and there are over the top names, but like they also have human names. And I, I'm sure these characters have their regular non code names. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't look at that at all. But, but yeah. They're more they're more like superhero names than like spy names. Like we have, I don't know, to kind of bring it back to the other examples of like spy characters in like American or like English media. Like James Bond is not a great code name because he just uses he doesn't he doesn't use 007 ever. No. He just says his name all the all the He just everywhere. goes around telling people his name. And he repeats it. Which is just part to make of why sure it made sense it. as a thing that like it made the theory that it was it was a code name passed between people made sense because like yeah. he's so free with telling like his enemies what his name is. But I guess it's in Skyfall it's confirmed that it is in fact his real name. It is. They go to a um a cemetery in that house and it's like various bonds. Like it's very yeah. much that's his name. Which is, uh, I feel like, doesn't, I agree that it made more sense when it was like, there's multiple James Bonds. It's just, like, 
a code, just like 007 is kind of a code. James Bond is a code, but no. He's just named James Bond and he tells everyone. <laughs> yeah. Bad move, really. Yeah. It's also, I guess, bad, you know, if you're, say, Solid Snake, that's a good code name. Or at least that's a really cool code name. Um, and it is not the man's name, so that helps. Yes. But if you get to a point, I mean, you really shouldn't have any notoriety as a spy, but if you get to a point of notoriety where your enemies are like, oh my god, the Solid Snake? And they always seem so like, oh my gosh, it's sol- it's the one and only Solid Snake? Then it's yeah. kind of like the James Bond. Like, you're just, everyone knows who you are. And like, even if they don't know your name's David, they know it's you. Secrets yeah. out, of the, out of the bag, kiddo. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Kojima. But it's, I mean, it's kind of a different type of spy, spying, because he's not really a spy. He's not trying to get secrets. It just has the sneaking quality, because yeah. it's not like he's trying to, like, get anything out of these. He's just trying to get the people out. So he's more like a, what is he? He's a Green Beret, you know? Yeah, I guess. I think, and, like, if you know the Green Beret's name or code name, that's not quite the secret that, I don't know. I guess that's how code names are used are, is different. Sure. Which is fine. Yeah, I mean, similarly, not to talk too much about James Bond, but he is like, does, does he do any spying ever? He's like effectively an assassin who, and like just military operative. I think every once in a while, he'll, I mean, not really with like the Daniel Craig ones. And it's been a while since I've seen the older ones, but. There's like a vague sense of like, oh, we got to get this code out of this thing. And like with Mission Impossible, Ethan has to go like find this code in a thing so this computer will turn off or a book of names. In the first one, first Mission Impossible, they're trying to get the list of all of the other spies code names, like identities, like the real names that go with their code names. Yeah. And that's the thing they're trying to get. So that's precious, but like, I don't know. If you're a good enough spy, maybe it doesn't matter what your name is. Everybody knows. You're just so sneaky. You can get away with it. That's the lesson. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you have anything else about names? They're a little silly. Um, I like that they change. Like I said, with Revolver Ocelot changing into Liquid Ocelot, because his arm is part of Liquid snake and that makes him mm. you know he transforms that's fun yeah liquid and solid are opposites the two twins are similar but different so uh, i mean they are used for narrative effect they're a little over the top for in a way but then you know it's sort of it's all it's all silly video games so the fun little names are to give you more information about like their abilities and stuff <laughs> just a mm. little full-on <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we need cuz like if like if I wasn't slowly introduced to the concept of like psychomantis by hearing the name first I would be like tripping overwhelming what's going on if big boss wasn't called big boss I wouldn't know exactly like what role he plays in the world yeah. he's a big boss he's so, the big boss he's the big boss and conveniently his mentor was named the boss or called yes. the boss Exactly. So you know how to compare the boss versus big boss. One is bigger. One is less big, but the boss still. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I'm curious about these weird gameplay things that you're talking about, since I have not played these games. The stuff like, especially the Psychomantis boss fight or like Psychomantis interactions, he does a couple of things. That are, I don't know how else they would work if you weren't playing this as a video game to try to do the same thing. Because one, it'll read your memory card. Oh my so God. Psychomantis is like, I'm reading your mind. Oh, I see that you like a lot of Konami games. Like if you had been playing Konami games. Oh. Or like if you don't, I think it's if you don't save a lot, he'll say like, oh, you're not very careful or something and then if you do save a lot it's like oh you're very diligent or something like that that's so like meta i love or like breaking the fourth wall right 
And then um, I believe he prompts you to put your controller on like a table or on the ground. And it's like, I'll move it with my mind. And then it just <laughs> makes it vibrate and it, it'll move. There you go. Like, whoa. Whoa. In the first game, there's a point where it tells you to turn the console off. The oh, yeah. MSX or whatever it was. Because it's like, mission's over. Don't worry about it. I think Big Boss is like, you did it. Don't worry about it. You can turn your control. You can turn the controller off. Game's over, and obviously you want to just keep playing because like the game continues. But the fact that it like prompts you to do that is like the seed of of that. Like it seems like he expanded upon that in future games. So that's cool. Yeah, definitely. I think he does. They try to get you to turn the console off in other games too. Silly. Don't turn it off. Not only just that, but like, what does he do? He's always tricking you. He's a trickster. Yeah, man, I need to I need to look more about this because I can think of stuff like in Metal Gear Solid Three, you're in a sniper fight with an old old man, and Kojima, counting on you getting frustrated, figured some portion of players were going to turn the game off, and so I think if you do it for like a day, if you stop in the middle of the fight and come back to it a day later, it'll play a cutscene where the sniper sneaks up on you and kills you. Oh, I love that. But if it's something like five or seven days later, you come back to it, it'll show a cutscene of uh, Snake just walking up on said old sniper who has just died of old age. Oh, no. They're like, and all right. It, if you do that, playing, but... it's over. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it is a goof, but like that actually, the other one, you still have to go back and do the boss fight again. But if you just wait seven days, then it's over and you can proceed <laughs> with the game now. Because they're like, you're too frustrated to even attempt this boss fight again. We're just going to have him die of old age. I like that. Yeah. That's very funny. And a little gift to a frustrated player. <laughs> yeah. But it's stuff like this that um, I'm going to be like halfway trying to search for some of these other things um, while we're talking. But it's just stuff like this that I don't even know if it's a sense of immersion so much as I mean, it's almost the opposite of immersion because it, it really mm -hmm. points out that it's a video game. But yeah. it um, it does serve to remind you that like what you as a person are doing is related to what's going to happen in the game. And similarly, like the game will interact with the real world, like in a kind of a cheesy way. But Sure. I mean, even if you don't have a lot of control on like the plot of the game, um, it is reminding you that like as the player, you are the one making, you're the one sneaking, you're the one killing, you're the one kind of doing these parts, you're doing the boss battle. But I mean, there's sort of almost like the illusion of power there, though. That, like, every once in a while you can do something like the turning it off and waiting seven days and it'll change. It'll give you a different result. But for a lot of the game, the plot is out of your control. Yeah, true. But very much, like, highlighting the fact this is a, this is a video game. Yeah. It's a little bit of a bluff in, like, trying to take whatever mechanics they could and, like, throw it in your face to be like, hey... There's more than meets the eye. Oh. Yeah, like I don't I wouldn't have thought that the game would bother to like try to track how many days has passed. Not that it yeah. wouldn't be able to do that, but the fact that that was like they had to build that in. So like yeah. whatever time keeping thing is in your PlayStation, <laughs> you know. Huh. Effort was put into doing that. You know, when it just says like turn it off, that's just seeing if they can make you do it. I guess. Sure. Do we think that this, like, I guess, contributes to the game's ability to deliver its themes or make points in, in any capacity? Well, I mean, I th it makes me think of this idea of perceived control versus actual control. That, like, Solid Snake has his mission, and he's like, I'm really good at being, uh, being Solid Snake. And is very successful in many ways, but thinks he's, like, part of this mission and is the one and can trust the people who have given him the mission. And that's not the case. 
Oh, you know what? Another piece of data to enter into this just while we're talking about it is like the first couple things like Psycho Man is breaking the fourth wall to be like reading your mind. I mean, that's not I guess this is less themes, but in any case, it sets in to the player like there's uh, something crazy here so that when I guess eventually Psycho Manus is reading your thoughts so you can't shoot him or whatever. So you have to switch what controller port you're plugged into so that he can't see your thoughts anymore. That's cool. That's a cool like physical thing that you have to do in the real world to like make it so they can continue to succeed in the game. Yeah. Making it physical. So uh I think the idea that like in this world, in this uh world of special forces, people and clones and governments and corporations that you can't really trust people <laughs> they're double agents or triple agents or they're they're psychics changing their minds or uh, making them say things behave differently or there's decoy octopuses out there posing as other people the missions you're given go in being like i'm gonna save people you kill people oh. this <laughs> Unwitting, like, it's not one of the people that, it's not an adversary, the people you're trying to save, you kill, that that could feel like a very powerless position, and in instances it is. <laughs> I don't know exactly where that leaves us, but the idea uh. of, of this is a world where there's betrayal and things aren't quite what they seem, and um, characters using other characters often, that you're being manipulated And that the game is manipulating you also by making you pull the cord out and plug into a different port and things like that. The idea of like manipulation. Uh. Liquid Snake thinks he's the the twin with the worst the worst genes. Um, so he has this this agenda and jealousy towards his clone twin, but it's not true. So that you know affects his performance and ability to fight, perhaps. Yeah, so I mean, if we're looking at the theme of like our own, I guess, perceptions and what we're being told as like affecting our behavior and outcomes of stuff, then, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's in in a way using game mechanics to like reinforce that and really make you feel that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like you're capable of, of enacting change. And some of the game, you are the one who's, moving the character around and you're getting advice from people on a radio telling you what to do. Sometimes they're not, they're lying to you. Yeah. A lot of the time, even a lot of the time, but why would you think that the game would give you a person who is listed as an ally and just have them betray you? Cause on a lot of games you have some sort of like uh, ally, some sort of person that you go to and they're like, I'm the shopkeeper. I'm going to teach you how to use inventory yeah and this kind of uh bars the idea that like you trust characters and games that say that they know the stuff yeah and they're dang liars is the thing it's true this isn't exactly on this subject but close enough i just remembered kojima's kind of notorious for this of like inserting tutorial level instructions into regular dialogue so like uh-huh. the colonel will be like snake make sure to be careful out on the mission and also if you're ever in a difficult position don't forget you can press start to blah 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 pull up the menu and <laughs> i don't know it's again like immersion breaking and like tying you in deeper because yeah you know that you're a person playing a video game yeah in uh metal gear solid the dialogue talks about how like Put this thing in your ear. It's going to vibrate the bones in your ear. No one else will be able to hear you. Uh, Hear us. Like, we're the only ones that are going to be able to hear our conversation. And you're like, that's gross. Um, But, like, thank you for giving me that. Just push the select button when you want to do this. You're like, okay. So is is it the bones in my ear or is it the controller? Mm, It's both. Hard to say. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, so it's kind of both at the same time. It's trying to like blend the video game world and the real world a little bit. 
I mean, you do have to, that world building, that boring tutorial stuff has to happen. Well, sure. So I, sus- <laughs> I suspect he's, tr- he's trying to do it in the most interesting way possible. But it does kind of tie into this. I don't know who who's giving you information and to believe it. You should believe the tutorial dialogue, but... Yeah, probably. But sometimes they tell you to do silly stuff like turn your controller off, so like... Or your console off. Yeah. So don't believe that. So, I mean, stuff like that is hammering home. Again, like, you know, who you can trust or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't trust the game, that's for sure. Mm-mm. Don't... Don't... Don't trust them. I don't know if this counts, but you can, um... Okay. I guess I should bring up, first of all, it's stupid that you have cigars or cigarettes because you were, like, dropped in with pretty much nothing. Um, and whoever is on the phone is like, where did you get cigarettes? And it's like, oh, I, I brought them in in my stomach. Yeah. Like, I took I took some drugs to, like, calm the acid in my stomach or whatever so that I could bring my cigarettes with me. That... <laughs> And then in the game, you can smoke them, and it just brings your health down. <laughs> oh, but you look so cool is the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's badass. I love it. Yeah. I was watching some cutscene of, I think it's the last game, I guess, where this very, very old big boss is in a wheelchair, and it's old snake. <laughs> They're in a cemetery. And it's like, oh, you're not going to die from the fox die. Oh, I guess I should stop smoking. Uh, and you're like, mm-hmm. all right, maybe stop smoking in the yeah. cemetery. Vibes. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, I forget often that old Snake in Metal Gear Solid 4 is, gosh, let's say he was 30 in, like, what's supposed to be 2005. It's only been um, 13 years. Yeah, so he, I like, think he, he looks old. Yeah. Something's going but wrong. He's, he's not still a relatively that young guy who's got some life ahead of him. Yeah, so he should maybe in his old, per, like, fast too soon body, make some uh, changes at least to his lungs. Give yeah. him a shot, so we can uh, hit on more pretty ladies. Yeah, because he's still shredded. <laughs> Absolutely shredded, and he's got that like. You know, he's looking rugged. Uh, Who can resist? Silver fox. A silver fox, indeed. All right, yeah, so suffice it to say, there's just a lot of things in this game, especially for how old it is. I mean, I think even a lot of games today aren't quite as creative as Metal Gear Solid, um, which kind of speaks to its staying power. But let's try to take some of what we just talked about Let's see if we can't extrapolate any kind of something from it. Sure. Any kind of wrapping up final stuff. Absolutely. What do you got? I mean, I think just to restate it, genes are important. Mm. Or at least like (laughs) that, like manipulating them is is not necessary. I don't know. What exactly is he trying to say with genes? I think that the nature nurture idea is something that this game is interested in. I do get the feeling that he's more on the nurture side. Absolutely. That we have these, uh, that the, we have the example of these twins and they're both, one is told a story and one doesn't know anything. And the one that believes in themselves more and is not hampered by this story about their genes is more successful. So nurture ends up winning. So even the one that has better genes, but believes they have worse genes, the story of the nurturer wins out. That manipulating your genes and having that be your whole personality for the foxhound people, it makes you a weird person. Is mm. <laughs> that's that's cool. I guess <laughs> that uh, you shouldn't steal people's genes. And clone mm. clone you. That's not good. Yeah, but, I get that sense. <laughs> uh, the government, corporations, and militaries 
are all tied up together. That science is corrupted by the military. That that's bad. Also feels bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. And again, like I keep saying, you know, this game obviously isn't political, but it seems <laughs> like, not. you know, this message that is sort of, I mean, more played out across like the whole series. But, you know, you could see the beginnings of it here. Getting a lot of vibes of like war and killing is bad. And not only that, not but good. like the people who are like treated as pawns to actually do the killing and stuff have a degree of agency taken away from them and um you know the people in power i guess to put it one way the people in power don't really have the interests of the people doing their bidding in mind at all they're people in power just look at regular individuals in the world as either cannon fodder or pieces um that they're allowed to move around yeah, I don't really even get that, like, there's a sense of regular people in general existing in the mindset of any of the higher-ups, other than that they're, like, a resource. I mean, this game doesn't have a whole lot of, like, people walking down the street and buying... The, we don't get... the Especially this game. It exists in this very military space. Sure. And that this is the universe that we're living in. And that if you enter into this world that it will manipulate and abuse you and use you as much as it can. Uh. Even if you enter into into it thinking you have, like, a noble goal, you know, these various forces are going to try to use you or destroy you if you get in the way of their, uh-huh. their plan. Ah. Yeah, you know, we didn't get into this, and um, I'm starting to... So, like I said, I've been listening to words and deeds podcast for the last couple days which has brought me back up to speed with several of the games in this series so i might be conflating some things but it's it's sort of a running thing and i think it's with um some of the major enemies in this your psychomantis your sniper wolf etc that all of these people you know their backstory is that they were like uh it's it's almost like copy paste like well what whoever was a uh a kid in a war-torn area and mm-hmm. all of their family was killed by a praying but no not that all their family was killed <laughs> the and they had to them? eat a mantis or something <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> and because of that trauma they became psychomantis if you're listening to this and you're gonna write in to say that that's not the backstory of Psychomantis, I know it's just you're incorrect. We're just we're I get it, but the point is it's always stuff like that. <laughs> that octopus killed my family, and so all that's just to say that like even your adversaries are victims in a way of the war machine. Yeah, absolutely. There's nobody who like is untouched. He's just have been having a grand old time the whole time. Even those who are in positions that are seem higher up, they're able to inflict more damage, but they've been damaged themselves as well. Uh, it's, a, it's not a cool, chill vibe. I wouldn't suggest it. No. And then we've got, I don't know, other kind of theme stuff, like, I guess just nuclear weapons and weapons of mass destruction in general. Well, I guess it's all nukes in this, but, you know. And that was top of mind. You know, we were in that post, near post-war, uh, Cold War kind of era. I don't think until the war in Ukraine and kind of the threats from Putin to use um, smaller nuclear weapons, but nuclear weapons, was that something that, like, I, w- I can say that I was thinking about in the last little while as, like, the most immediate concern as far as, like, weapons went. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, at least from as an American, because I get that different people in different parts of the world have very different experiences with this, um, especially if you're like in Israel or like South Korea or North Korea, for that matter, or, you know, any number of other places, because I guess what I'm saying is that nuclear war on a level that is an immediate presence for me hasn't really been there. The, the listeners don't know this. I was born in 1993, so I didn't live in the Cold War at all. Um, well. But still, 
from my understanding of, you know, history and geopolitics um, since then, it's been a little bit of uh, less of a concern since the, you know, the end of the Cold War up until now where there's, you know, I mean, effectively, the United States and Russia are having a sort of a proxy war, mm-hmm. just like the good old days. Yeah. Whereas, like, in the, in the you know, in between years, there have been threats from, you know, Iran or other countries of using nuclear weapons against, you know, it's hard to even say they're enemies. People who they consider, like, subhuman is often what it is, which is just awesome. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I guess all of that to say is it's it's um just in the in the climate today, you know, thoughts about nuclear war and nuclear weapons and sort of the unique evil that they are are um you know, more in focus and games like this seem more prescient. I guess one thing that we didn't mention that I noticed this idea of like history repeating itself mm. is one last little theme. Uh, that they keep making this Metal Gear device. Keeps getting destroyed. They're going to make it again. That this is the bad guy. Like, there's the boss. And then we have the big boss. And that we have, you know, these this idea that there's going to be a bad guy. And there's going to be, like, maybe a less bad guy um, who comes to try to, to do that. But, like, someone's always trying to get in power. And you have to kind of, like, combat that. That there is this, like, natural cycle of pe- there will always be people who want to be in charge and destroy stuff and that's just like gonna happen over and over yeah you know and again we're get, not to get too far out of the scope of this game which is technically what we're talking about but already this whole two episode series has been a little bit of getting into um kojima's greater body of work but metal gear solid 2 it's a lot of people, as they played, noticed like, hey, like a lot of the exact same stuff seems to be happening as the first mm-hmm. game. And then eventually it's like, yeah, um, whatever. Liquid Ocelot is like, yeah, I engineered this to be like that on purpose. I wanted things to repeat themselves because it's beneficial to me. Like, not to get too far into the plot of Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, but it seems thematic. I mean, it's the idea of like, there's despots and... Um, these people trying to build a better, bigger and better weapon. That's part of the cycle. It happens over and over. Yeah, definitely. And again, more of um broader Kojima body of work than the exact themes of this exact game. But um it I guess it's it's um how to put this. It does it it seems like part of the point he's getting at between like putting, you know, your antagonists of like major world powers and big boss kind of representing two sides like it feels like the point is that there's there's not a good way to do war and violence even if you're someone who thinks that you're putting it back in the hands of the people and like whatever you know at the end of the day you're still building you know your everything around killing other people um yeah and that sucks and The only noble thing to do is to try to have that not happen. You're all part of the war machine. I think we did it. Yeah, I think we did it. We talked just so much about the video game Metal Gear Solid and um, also almost everything else that Hideo Kojima has made. But mostly about the Metal Gear series. Sure, yes. Yeah, we didn't talk about PT. And we're not going to. Yeah, probably today. not. It's um <laughs> there's not that much game to it. But yes. So yeah, no, I feel good. You know, I don't think we cracked it because I don't think we're gonna crack Metal Gear Solid for at least another few episodes of focusing on the Metal Gear games, but good foundation feel like we're starting to understand some stuff um mm-hmm. i feel like i can only speak for myself i said a lot of things that people would disagree with me on and probably try to swap me or you know otherwise have me harassed or killed and Whoa. that's that's how you know that Whoa. you're doing it right <laughs> i assume everyone is gonna agree with every single word i said okay well so between the two of us we should average out to like only 
only some mean comments on the internet. And I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but for real, keep saying this, but what we're doing here, we're not, we're not trying to, like, write the gospel on what any of this means. We're not, we're not scholars, exactly, and we Mm-mm. know that we're not always right. We're just... Yeah interested in having the discussion and like having a discussion about video games that peels things back a little further than just was it fun or not i guess yeah and so if you think what we're saying is right or what we're saying is whack i really do i'm interested to hear the other like takes on this so get at us you know one way or another um and we can talk about it yes please but until then uh that's gonna have to do it for us thank you for listening uh, see, uh, see, see it. See ya. Bye. See, bye. Love, love you. Bye. Don't tell him that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>